Hallelujah, hallelujah. We give God thanks one more time for uh, giving us the, another opportunity for us to be back online for our Bible class here at Faith Deliverance International Ministries. Again, uh, special welcome to each and every one of you, all of visiting friends. We're just so grateful to have you with us tonight. And as we continue on the subject, which we started last week, uh, regarding the life of Abraham, the call to separate. And each and every one of us have been given uh, this great call to a life of separation, uh, to know Christ, to know him, is to experience separation. God called us out of this world into this marvelous light, this great salvation to be, to become like him, to inherit the blessings of Abraham. Praise his wonderful name. I, we're going to be reviewing just for a little bit and I hope to have some aspect of tonight's teaching into an interactive one. But I'd love, love to just to share a bit of nugget. Just looking on the journey of Abraham before his name was changed. He was called Abram, A-B-R-A-M. And then when the Lord revealed himself to him and told him what he was going to do with him after a particular time with the covenant, he changed his name to Abraham. But I was just reading the word of God and looking on the journey of Abraham, having been called out of the land of or of the Chaldees and journeying from or of the Chaldees to Haran with his father Tira, his nephew Lot. And I begin to do some calculation. The distance between Ur of the Chaldees and Haran is some 8,000 and 43 kilometers and that's just a straight line distance and we all know we don't travel straight from one point to the other most of the times so a straight line calculation of the distance from or of the Chaldees not to the promised land Canaan but to the stopover point Haran some eight thousand and forty three kilometers can you imagine someone say what does that mean I'll, I'll, I'll try to paint a picture so if if there was a roadway a straight roadway from here in Toronto all the way to London in the UK United Kingdom British I'm not talking London, Ontario. From, from Toronto to London, 
UK. That's just a distance of 5,709 kilometers. So we would still have to add some 2,000 plus kilometers to that to make it up to Abraham's journey from Ur of the Chaldees just to the stopover point. And from Haran to Canaan, the promised land, is some 12,180 kilometers. That's, that's much more than walking from here in a straight line all the way to UK and coming back. That still would not have been equal to the distance that Abram traveled from Haran to Canaan. Gets a little bit trickier. A straight line distance from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan is 5,570 kilometers. Straight line from Ur of the Chaldees, where he got the initial call to the promised land is just 5,570 kilometers. 5,570. Somebody may ask, and, and this, is, this is, brothers and sisters, this is how when you read the word of God, you stop to ask questions and start to think. What does this mean? From point A to point B. Now I have to ask myself the question. Why journey to Haran when there's an easier journey all the way down to Canaan? But having gone through Haran on, the, on route to Canaan, he would have traveled almost four times the distance if he had gone straight from Ur of the Chaldees to Canaan. The next thing that this tells me is that most of us want the promises of God without the cost, the price to be paid. Let's remember now. Let's try immerse our mind into the lifestyle of Abraham. Living in those days, what was it like? As it relates to traveling and living. Traveling, well, we heard that he had kettles. One of the things that we notice throughout the scriptures that Abraham dwelt in tents. They were nomads. They never had an abiding place. They were always moving. 
So the call that God has placed on our lives ultimately will cost us something. It's not cheap. It will cost us. Next thing we have to understand is that there can be no promise. We cannot receive the benefits and the promises without paying the price. I'm not talking necessarily now. The Lord provides for us daily. I'm talking about what relates to a man purpose, his call, what the Lord intends to grant to us, we have to pay the price. The call of God is not cheap. Christ came into this world for one purpose, to die for sinners. That's us. His purpose, his call in coming into this world cost him his life. The next thing we understand as we proceed through the scriptures we'll recognize that the cost comes with everything that the Lord has blessed us with. Let us put Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 4 Let's put it on the screen. I want everyone to see it. Listen, O Israel. These are the children of Abraham. The Lord is our God. The Lord alone. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. That's the King James Version. Next, ver- next verse. Let, let's back it up to the previous verse. Listen, O Israel. That word, listen or hear, if you're using the King James Version, it means absolute attention with a mind to observe, to do. Listen, O Israel, the Lord, our God, is one Lord. Continue. Next verse. And you must love the Lord, your God, with all your heart all your soul and all your strength. Abraham lived by this. God gave it to them during the exodus from from Egypt in the wilderness. 
coming out. The Lord gave them the commandments, but Abraham lived by this. Loving the Lord, his God, with all his heart. That's why he started to move. And all your soul and all your strength, brothers and sisters, I want us to understand that no one begins to demonstrate that level of love all at once. No one, absolutely no one. But it's the life of faith and experiences that we have with the Lord that allows our love for him to grow from strength to strength. The ability to love him comes from him. It's there. But it must be tested. It must be proven. It must be worked on. Now, that word, I want to pay attention to that word strength. From the Hebrew, it means with all your resources. So the idolater is a man who tries to love God and keeps his money and his resources, anything, his cattle, whatever he has, separated. The life of worship, he separates it and say, I'll worship God, but without the resources. Such a man does not understand what God has called him into. And he's serving his wealth. It's not surrendered to the Lord. We, we, we see in the scriptures that we're about to read. We read some last week. That Abraham prepared an altar. And worshiped God. I want us to understand. Here, Abraham took from his strength, his resources, and placed it on the altar to worship the one God with his soul, his mind, his heart, and his strength. One God. And let's, I want, I'm, I'm going to spend some time in the coming weeks in understanding this one God doctrine something that we receive from Abraham now let's understand also brothers and sisters ladies and gentlemen Abraham let me just look for it here when Abraham was born Shem, one of Noah's son. Remember Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Eight of them went through the flood. Shem was 390 years old 
when Abraham was born. And Noah was 892 years old. Noah was, Abraham was 58 when Noah died. All these men, why am I saying it? This one God doctrine is not something that just started overnight. Or perhaps one may say, where did Abraham get it from? There was the flood. But after the flood, God blessed now and told him, fruitful and multiply. Replenish the earth. Shem was a one God believer. Noah was a one God believer. Noah. Abraham knew both Shem and Noah. His call to separate has a distinct purpose God was preparing from way back in Genesis when he gave the promise to Eve that out of the lineage of the woman there was coming one that will bruise the head of the serpent crush it this one that's why he said to Abraham in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed so Abraham's call is specific God was intending through Abraham to raise up a nation not only to raise up a nation of But God was intending through the life of Abraham to make his name, not only Abraham's name, but God was magnifying his name through Abraham. That's why the Lord placed such demands upon Abraham. Separate yourself. Come out. Out of the land of your father. Come out. I have somewhere I'm going to take you to show you. Now. The same is brothers and sisters. For us as individuals in this kingdom. The Lord has called us into this kingdom for a specific purpose. The life of Abraham tells us, shows us that there are times where we will be tested There are times 
where we can become distracted. But the purpose never changes. And the demand of God on our lives never changes. I, I, I would want to stop for a moment, for us to stop and think how many of us spend a bit of time just thinking, meditating on the purpose of God, the call to separate from this world. What does it really mean to me? Uh, uh, You know, one of the challenges we have as human beings, that it's very easy for us to do as others. And someone may say, yes, people in the world just do. No, I'm talking now about in the assembly of the Lord. It is very easy for us to, we call it follow suit, follow suit. Everybody is doing this. So let me just do it. I think this is the norm. And the human brain will, will act, act like this or think like this. Sometimes we don't even stop to think. I recognize that every morning, this is how we approach it. We get to church, we do this, we do this, next we do that, then that, and then we close off. And so we never stop to think, even with our own individual lives. I give you uh, an example. I remember one day I was in a church, not a church, a tent meeting, a great revival. And things were happening. And I look, the Lord just opened my eyes to look across the tent. And people were singing and jumping and dancing. But the Lord drew my attention to something else. I can't quite remember exactly what. And said something to me. And I was responding. And I'm not saying this to tell you brothers and sisters that I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to paint a picture for us to have an idea of what I'm talking about. I'm no more special than anybody in the church. Same call that I have received the same call you have received. But when when the Lord shared what he wanted to share with me, my response was different. I started to cry. And then, on the other side, I was thinking, 
people are going to see me crying when everybody's rejoicing. How is, how is that going to look? But I couldn't stop crying because of what the Lord was saying. What is my response to the call? Do I take some time out to think it through? What what does he require of me? Let me. We could spend some time in this for the next couple of weeks, brothers and sisters. Let me. Let's go back. He, he said to Abraham, first thing, to separate from his country. Which represents the worldliness, the land where he was born, where he holds his citizenship. Land of his own people and language. Own culture and environment. Own society, community, government and laws. He was called now to leave his old country and forever separate from it. We're in the pool, being baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We say goodbye, world. I stay no longer with you. Why would God demand of Abraham such a thing as separation? Why? Several reasons. Because the people of his country, number one, they were idolaters, false worshippers, ungodly, immoral, covetous, lawless, and wicked. Do we see that same spirit overtaking? Or country. Let's look from Parliament Hill coming down into the plains of Toronto, right across this nation we call Canada. And we say, Bless her of the Chalice. It's like that. They say, Bless country. God says separate. Laws that were contrary. Act of rebellion to the one God. Idolatry. False worship. That preached that they were 
many gods superior to this God of Abraham. We hear that in a multicultural country like the one we live in. So many gods from different areas across this world. And we are told we ought to accept all these various religions. But the truth be told, no one tells that Christianity, this one God doctrine, must be promoted. Everyone is against Christianity. That's the country that we live in. The laws, immoral things that the Bible, this one God made Abraham when he when he created this world. Created Adam and Eve, male and female. Bless them. And them to multiply. The laws of this land say differently. Whatever pleases you, do it. Contrary to what the Lord has given mankind. Covetousness. It's very, it's very clear, it's very evident today. The covetous spirit, materialism, greed that controls our economy. Man will have a billion dollars and still consider himself to be poor. He needs the next billion. Covetous, lawless, and wicked. This was the nature of the environment that Abraham lived in. The Lord said, Abraham, go for yourself, for your benefit. Leave that country. These people had denied the only living and true God. Self-sufficient and humanistic. Living only for this world and its pleasures and possessions. Abraham, what, 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 what was the Lord saying to Abraham? It's impossible to live for this world and for God. Separate yourself. You can't do both. Separate yourself. The ways of this world, flesh, lust, pleasures, possessions, and greed. There's only one thing he can do is corrupt men. So he told Abraham, live a life of separation. 
But brothers and sisters, hear this. When we have been called to separate from, it's a closing chapter in our life. So we separate from unto. It means the unto is a new life. So if we're thinking now, brothers and sisters, with our life, our call, between the, the from and the unto stands the cross of Jesus Christ. It's a new life. Now here, here's where most of us, our faith gets challenged and, and, and a lot of times does not develop as it ought to. Because it's a new life separating from two. And here stands the cross. It's a new life on the other side of the cross. Over here is what we have left. Now we start a new life. It means, brothers and sisters, and as I'm going, I'm thinking, and the Lord is touching my mind. It means that nothing from this sphere, yes, we are still in the world, but nothing that controls this sphere, since that all that is in this sphere, the end result is the corruption of man. It means nothing from this sphere should influence this sphere. Brothers and sisters, it means then there's got to be something that influences us in this new life experience. Abraham, we are not told that he built any altar in Ur of the Chaldees. Scripture did not give us that. But having separated himself, as soon as he starts to move, he begins to experience God. And the Lord appeared unto Abraham. As long as we are still attached, then we will not have that flow in the relationship that we ought to have. And so, he's moving. He's in this new sphere. He has left his old life he's left this, this world of or of the Chaldees and all its influence. Acts 2 verse 40 tells us, and with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, save yourself from this untoward generation. Romans 12 verse 2, Paul tells us, and be not conformed 
to this world. Those who have separated unto. But be he transformed by the renewing of your mind. Hello, somebody. And now we have an idea. Yes, somebody asked. It's a new life, but everything is still in your mind. That's why Paul is talking to us. We have left the world. Scripture tells us that we're crucified with him on the cross. This is the cross for tonight. And beyond the cross now, it's a new life. Paul tells us now that our minds needs to be transformed. We're renewed. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. That he may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We can only have that if we're influenced by the word of God. Second Corinthians 6 and verse 17 to 18. I'm just giving you some scriptures for us to understand how serious the Lord is about separating. Wherefore, come out from among them and be he separate, said the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing. And I will receive you. Hallelujah. And will be a father unto you. And he shall be my sons and daughters. Said the Lord Almighty. Call to separate. And someone may ask. What about. If it's family, it's a call to separate. Let's read a little further. Ephesians 5 and verse 11. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather reprove them. You can't reprove them if you're still involved with them. Thank you, Jesus. Hear what James says in James 4 and verse 4. Uh, These brothers and sisters, I just want us to understand. I'm trying my best not to get into a preaching mode. Because I, I really feel the unction coming on. But I want us to understand the seriousness of being separated from and unto the Lord. James 4 and verse 4. He adulterers and adulteresses. Know he not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God. Who wants to be an enemy of God? Just love the world. How many of us dare to become God's enemy? Love the world. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. And we, we talk a little bit about the, 
the lawlessness and the covetousness that's in this world. A man who carries that deadly spirit of covetousness and greed is a friend of the world and an enemy of God. Saints are not covetous. Saints are not greedy. They're kind. Unselfish. They give. Because they understand that they are just stewards of God's resources. The covetous man is an idolater. Now, we're told now that the Lord said to Abraham, or Abram at that time, leave your family. What kind of crazy thing is that? How can I leave my family? How could God say such a thing to leave my family? Separate himself from his relatives. Parents, grandparents, brothers, sisters, uncles, aunts, cousins. All the people within a family who are related by blood. And we understand for those of us who have a good experience and I'm saying this because I know some folks don't share a good relationship with family or some folks perhaps does not have a family but we understand the purpose of family and what it means to an individual is safety or should be and everybody Leaves you. At least your family should have your back. But now Abraham is asked. To leave. The family. Why? Because. The influence. Of the world system. On the family. Had corrupted them. They were idolaters. Tira, a minister, a priest. Under Nimrod and his religion. We will watch the life of Abraham. Don't, don't worry about those who left or if the child is with him. Look on the end result of Abraham's life as he walked with the Lord. He left some down there in Ur of the Chaldees, but those that went with him, one by one, the Lord separated them from him. They were idolaters, false worshippers, ungodly, immoral, covetous, lawless, and wicked.
what the Lord was looking for was a life that would be totally separated from the world and its pleasures and possessions. A life that would be totally separated to God. Totally committed to God. Not a half-hearted effort, brothers and sisters. Sold out. The life of separation from family and relatives is not a heartless demand of God. Matthew 27, 22, verse 37 to 38, rather. Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. He that loveth father or mother, 10 verse 37 of Matthew, loveth father or mother more than me, is not worthy of me. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. We, we just glance over these scriptures in the brothers and sisters. For some of us, we pay more attention. We love children more than how we love God. And we don't recognize Let me, let me not say some things. When we, we become a little bit more mature in the word of God, then some things can be said. If I say some things now, it might become an offense. So, but brothers and sisters, a man who has... Receive the revelation of God. His eyes are now open to the truth. No longer dwelling in darkness. And loving children more than God. Dangerous. Dangerous. Let me tell you one of the great challenge. Especially of some of us who have migrated from developing countries, as they say, quote-unquote, to what we call a first-world country. And we're coming from humble beginnings. And now we see the opportunity. And we begin to earn. And we begin to walk First thing we do, brothers and sisters, as soon as we get a certain portion of money, we start to build a fence to secure ourselves. Because we're not going to lose that portion of money and the status that we have. Those are the beginnings of idolatry. It is hard for such a person to be saved. Very hard. He hedges himself round about. You think when Jesus tells us the story of the rich man and his barns, he's sending a message to the church 
We build barns. We never intend. We never know that our life will turn out this way. And as soon as we see a little success, we're planning on barns. And Jesus tells us that's the life of a fool. I thank God that Jesus said it and and not me. Let me show you a little further, brothers and sisters. The next thing that we want to do is that we find that measure of success and then we start thinking about our children. And we, we work one, two, three jobs because we want to give our children houses and lands and a lifestyle that, that speaks to the status And when everything is done, we hit retirement, feel good. We come back and we say, we want to give some time to the Lord. The youth is gone. The strength is gone. And it's retirement now. This is the time. Good intention. This is the time we want to give back to the Lord. Dangerous. I have two children of my own. And I told my wife, we sat down and I talked to her. I said, I ain't planning to make none of them rich and miss my purpose. I said, if God bless me here, it's the same God I'm trying to give them. He can bless them too. I won't say if I have anything, I won't give them. But I don't plan And wasting my time here trying to make kids have a house. Everybody's looking at the house, housing market and saying, we got to buy something and invest for the kids and put it up and work two, three jobs and waste out your energy and the purpose hanging over your head like a fruitful cloud. Waiting to shower down until the mist disappear. The cloud is no more. Wasted years. Now, kids have house. You have house. Everybody's rich. And you're miserable. Why? The misery comes from an unfulfilled life of purpose. Hallelujah. Jesus said, he that loveth son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. Don't not deserving of me. The blood I shed, the sacrifice I made on Calvary, such a person is not deserving of me. Now Israel, Deuteronomy Deuteronomy 10 verse 12. What doth the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God. To walk in his ways. And to love him. And to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart. And with all thy soul. Brothers and sisters, I'm going to share something with you. 
I have, I have already resolved in my mind that there is, the Lord has blessed my family. Uh, we have a, a house, jobs, a vehicle to transport us here, here to there. And that's a blessing from the Lord. That doesn't make me better than anybody else. But I have already resolved it in my mind that for the purpose that the Lord has called me to there is a possibility that he can test my faith and take away everything can I still walk with him can I still continue Even when men are saying something or something. Can't have God and lose all of that. Something is wrong. He's in sin or something. He's not doing right. We have folks like that. (laughs) But I've already made up in my mind. That there's a possibility. That the Lord could just sweep away everything. And for the rest of my life, I don't own anything. Can I walk with him? Can I talk with him? You see, brothers and sisters, as we go further, we recognize that what Abraham saw or was searching for was an experience with God beyond this realm. Yes, he was going to receive Canaan. Because his, his eyes had gone further than that. What we, sometimes we are short-sighted. We're living an experience for today. But the call to separate is an eternal one. The reward is eternal. 8.37. Two more minutes and we will. Why would God not want Abram around his family? Their property and possession. And we're going to. I'm going to show you next week a calculation. I know. When you read from the Hebrew text. Something is highlighted that is not clearly seen. Reading from the uh, our, uh, New Living Translation or the King James Version. Abraham left Haran before his father died. Even though his father was old. Very old. Aged man. And the honorable thing to do would have been to wait. Until the death of your father. And bury him. Abram. Departed before. Walk away. From possessions. And properties. To honor. The call to separate. Why would God not want Abram around his family. Their property and possessions. 
because the family had become heavily influenced and enslaved by the greed of the world. Lost for worldly things. Same thing that we are battling now. Same experience. The greed. A man can't be satisfied. We want, we want to experience it. I, I remember the, the, the life of my, my, my father-in-law. Sometimes he, we had a very close relationship. And sometimes he would get here. I'd say, come on, let's, let's take a, a drive out. He come here and he just tell me, he said, Neil, listen to me now. I come here. Just take me to church. I, I, I don't even need to go see any place. I don't need no store. Every now and then he would say, oh, just take me down to the bookshop. Let me buy a book so I can read. And he would say, he'd say some things to me. He'd say, I, I have a look. And I have a few pair of shirts, a few few pair of pants. I don't need nothing more than that. That will hold me until the day I leave here. He says some strange things like that. He said, I, I, I have this portion of money here. Just take it, go to the store, buy some gifts so I can take it home to bless others. I, I don't need anything. Sister Maria would have to leave and go shopping for those things. What am I saying, brothers and sisters? A man's mind must be fixed on the purpose for his life. Fixed. Can't be double-minded. Unstable in all your ways. There's a blessing and brothers and sisters, whether you, you want to believe it or not, I'm here to tell you, it's the easiest way to live. The way the world wants you to live is a, is a, is a lifestyle of stress. Send us to a grave. Stress us out. Sickness, disease in the body. Stress. Worldly influence of family and the greed only destroys us. It will corrupt us. Brothers and sisters, you hear me talking a lot about the spirit of greed, covetousness. It's a deadly, deadly, deadly disease. If it grabs a hold of you, if this thing grabs a hold of you, you will sell out the church for it. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, these statements I'm making sound strong. You look on the church and you see investment. It's a deadly spirit. 
grab a hold of men. It's not afraid of any man. It will take the pastor's heart if it, if it gets a chance. And take some pastor's heart. Peter said, make a merchandise of the gospel. They look on people coming into the church and be saved and they see money. God said, Abraham, leave that. I'll bless you. Let them talk. Let them stay there and fight over the money. And divide it amongst themselves. Leave that. It's a dangerous spirit. And I'm telling you. If you identify that spirit. In, a, in any man. Even in this church. Can't function. Spirit of greed and covetousness. You look on Lord's inheritance. His church is bright. And you see wealth. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're not honored. You're not capable. Of representing the Lord. We have to watch our spirit. Brothers and sisters. Watch our spirit. And I tell myself. Day and night. When it comes to this money thing in the church. Offering and tithes. I ain't pushing one man. To honor God with their substance. I'll tell you what the Bible says. But I ain't going to beg and push anybody to honor God let's I, let, let's I misrepresent the name of God his fame is gone across this world he's not a beggar he shall supply our needs according to his riches in glory the danger of becoming covetous Abraham, I don't want that spirit to take you. Or if it is, if you're having a challenge, a struggle with it, I'm going to strike at the very core of it. Separate yourself from your family. Come out. I don't want that wealth for you. Come out. I will bless you. It's a, it's a, it's brothers and sisters God is not making a, a, a demand on Abraham's life that is not possible tells us in his word seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you Demand that we focus our attention, brothers and sisters, on the things which are from above, not the things of this world. The man on the other side of the cross thinks about the things that are from above, the things that last forever. Colossians 3 and verse 2, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Is this is the, is the demand that we not trust in the uncertainty of riches? It talks about the deceitfulness of riches, deceitfulness of riches, not poverty. 
Luke 14 and verse 33, and we want to close off here. He said, charge them that are rich in this world. That they, I mean, 1 Timothy 6, 17, that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches. Riches, brothers and sisters, is always uncertain. Always uncertain. Somebody said, stick to real estate. It's the safest. It's the safest deal. Floods. Hurricanes. Earthquakes. In diverse places. Somebody said, it never happened here before. It will happen. uncertain what God calls us to leave he calls us to leave it because he knows it is not good for us let's unmute our microphone brothers and sisters I want we're going to have one night where we're just going to sit and talk I was hoping to have, uh, have, have it a little bit more interactive tonight but the Lord did not lead us there so we're going to have one night. We we're just going to sit and talk and ask the questions. So as, as you are going through these um, series of teaching, write down your questions. I may not have all the answers, but we're going to put our mind together as a church family to begin to think. We're not, we're not getting the success that we ought to be reaping because we are poor thinkers. Let's unmute our microphone. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Philippians 3 verse 8 Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. Paul you know who Paul was brothers and sisters if Paul had continued he would have been the next far he would have superseded Gamaliel the status of the man. You know, there will be a lot of persons enrolling in the school of Paul. His own, his own seminary. Use the Greek or the Western world concept. But he would have had his own rabbinical seminary making money but he said, I count it as lost. I get some knowledge, excellent knowledge of Jesus Christ. When I look on that pathway, that ambition that I had, dung, filth, cause, hallelujah, for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. I want to win Christ. 
So I separate myself. And I'm seeking after him. I want to win him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me lose myself. And find it Lord in thee. Anybody want to win Christ tonight? Anybody want to look over your lives? As we look over our lives. What we need to separate from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Perhaps we have gone out of her of the chalice, passed through her, and, and there are some things still lingering. And, but we, we're going to get there. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Hallel